What's up, peeps? Welcome back to It's a Twin Thing. That was quite the intro. I know. Hi, peeps. It's Ashley, the bestestest tap of the summer's twins. And Aspen, the always outdone half of the summer's twins. Oh, poor Aspen. I'm the Beth of our family. <laughs> we were just talking about little women. And how much we love Beth. And if you haven't read Little Women in a while, you should go back and read it because I'm directing it at our theater company, not Stage Bugs, our other theater company <laughs> that we run at school. So I've been reading the book and it is just such a good book and it's so sweet. And I love Beth so much. Beth March is my kindred spirit and Aspen apparently is the Beth of our family. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we are very excited for this episode, but first, it is time for your favorite minute of the week, the inspirational in it. I feel like we need like a little theme song. Yeah, we that. do. Okay, do you want to something. make one up? Yeah. It's inspirational in it time. <laughs> Don't you feel like it? Because it's like inspirational in it, so it needs like a. Yeah, I do. No, not E. It needs like an. Okay, we'll keep working on that. <laughs> I'm sure people are very impressed. Okay, anyway, our inspirational in it for today is about 80-year-olds Patsy Gregory and Carol Ann Krause. I'm sorry that we always do it about seniors, but that's because they just have such inspirational stories. It's because yeah. they've lived long enough that they really understand the meaning of life. So this story is about Patsy and Carol Ann were Girl Scouts in 1955. They lived on opposite sides of the world. One lived in South Carolina and one lived in Lancashire County, England. I'm sure I said that wrong. I love England. <laughs> Did you know when I think it's usually in a British accent? Do you really? <laughs> yes. That's so weird. I did not know that. So when they were 12, their Girl Scout troops started pen pal programs. They started writing letters to each other. They wrote pen pal letters to each other for 68 years, Aww. but they never met each other. And then for her 80th birthday, Patsy told her daughter what she had always wanted was to visit Carol Ann and meet her. So for her birthday, her kids surprised her and gave her a ticket to the U.S. so that she could fly to South Carolina and meet Carol Aww. Ann. And so on July 14th, 2023, Carol Ann and Patsy met for the first time. It was so cute because Carol Ann said it was just as though I'd seen her last week because we had known each other for so long. Aww. They had been friends for such a long time and really got to know each other's lives over the 68 years and they finally got to meet. They both said it was a dream come true. And I just love that story and that friendship knows no boundaries. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. I wish there was a video when they met. Aw, I want a pen pal. If anybody listening wants to be my pen pal, I'll be yours. Yeah, I want a pen pal too. We should do a pen pal program. We should. I, That's so cute. But I want my own pen pal. Yeah, okay. We don't have to do everything together. Yeah, we'll get our own pen pals. Okay, so if someone wants to be my pen pal, then you can write letters to me, and then someone else can be Aspen's pen pal. Don't share. <laughs> But also, if you didn't tell us, we would never know. Oh, I couldn't tell you who mine was. I don't know. Um, I guess it's up to them. I get. I bet people are just on the edge of their seats to know who the guest is. Since <laughs> we just went on and on. 
introducing our guest for today. She is Janie Desir, who is the owner of Teaching Your Baby in Braille. And it is a company that creates books in Braille for parents who are blind and have seeing children or seeing parents who have blind children so that they can read together and understand each other's language. Janie lost her sight when she was already an adult and struggled with learning Braille and having to adapt to this drastic change in her life. And so she created this company to be able to help people who are in a similar situation or who have kids that they can't read to because books are not often in Braille. So we thought that this was just a really amazing story and something that we are super excited to share with you. We also got to hear about how her son has had an impact on her life and her experience raising an autistic child. Her adorable son was in the background of the interview, so you might hear some babbling, and we hope that you will excuse the background noise because that is life, and that's just what happens when you have cute kids. Without further ado, here is Janie Desir. Sorry we're running a little bit late. It's been kind of a crazy afternoon. It's okay. Don't. My son is up, and he's going to be loud, so... Okay, no problem. Yep. And what's your son's name? His name is Ali, like the fighter, or Prince oh. Ali, or like oh, yes. love it. I'm excited. Awesome. So I guess first we just wanted to ask you, I know in our childhood, books were such an important part of growing up and we would sit outside of our bedroom doors and read with my mom every night before bed. For you, were books a big part of your childhood? Um, To be honest with you, no, books weren't part of my childhood at all. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom was always busy working, so it was just like, didn't really have time to, you know. And plus, I wasn't really a big reader because I have, like, a learning deficiency. I have ADHD. So for me to read and learn things, it was just so hard. Until today, I still have problems with it. So, no, it wasn't a big thing. I know that I wanted it to be a big thing for my son. Well, I love that you're trying to make that different for your kids. (laughs) Yes. I'm curious when you're when you became passionate about books, was that when you had a son? I was um the thing the reason why the my books are actually came part of me is because I I'm really interested in like, you know, children's board books. I like the board books, the ones you can't destruct. Anything that's like it's unbreakable, I love it. So I was trying to figure out um, a way to try to teach my son how to, you know, read Braille as mostly just to prepare him just in case if he was to develop my eye disease because I have keratoconus, which didn't affect me until I was an adult. We got him tested and they were like, they're not sure. We won't find out until he's an adult. And I was like, well, I don't want him to go through life the way I did. I want to prepare him for this. So now that he's young, I can go ahead and prepare him how to write his ABCs. He knows his ABCs in Braille, you know, and trying to use his hands instead of his eyesight, even though he can see. So can you talk a little bit about what that was like for you to find out as an adult that you had this eye disease and kind of how you dealt with that? I mean, I imagine it was scary to find out that you were going to have to change your whole life because you were going to lose your vision, basically. 
Oh, yes. I literally, when they told me about it, it was just like, okay, yeah, I hear about it. It wasn't that bad. I went ahead and I um, went to a specialist where they gave me hard contact lens that were just like glass. We had to use like these little, you know how they have those little dart guns? When you pop them, they'll stick to the glass, like on a glass wall. Oh, um, uh-huh. So we had to use those little suctions to like take the contacts out and put them in. Wow. Yeah. Years later, I'll say probably within three years, my eyes just started to reject the contacts. And then when I went for another follow-up, that's when they um, told me, listen, you're legally blind now. From that point on, I didn't cry or nothing in front of them. I was just like, okay, so what's the next step? I try to be brave. Like, okay, fine. That's fine. What's the next step? But it's the moment when I actually left when I was walking out and walking into the elevator, I literally crouched down and sobbed crying because like all I could think about was like, oh my goodness, what about school? Because I was in school for graphic design. So I was just like, what about school? What about my life? What am I going to do now? I had to think of something and I had to figure it out. So how old were you when they told you that you were legally blind? Um... I believe I was 27, 28. Wow. Yeah, I mean, graphic design, I feel like definitely would be hard to pursue without sight. <laughs> so. Yes and no, because I use a Mac. So my Mac have voiceover and mm-hmm. it speaks to me. And I went as far as contacting Adobe, their accessibility professional. And I explained them my situation. I was like, listen here. I'm a graphic designer. I'm a student. I want to finish school. This is your product that I'm using. How can you guys make this efficient for me, for me to use still? With the little site that I do have, how can we make this work? And we actually figured it out. We made it work for me to the point that I actually graduated and I actually created my children's book. Oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I think that's just really amazing that you found a way to still make it work for you instead of giving up because I think that it seems like that would be such a huge challenge, but to kind of stand up for yourself and look for ways to make it accessible for you, I think that is a really good outlook to have and to just figure out how you can keep pursuing your dreams, even though you had obviously a very huge obstacle that came up. Yes, I'm one of those. I'm like, go get her. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on pushing. When there's a will, there's a way. I'm going to figure it out. I don't mm-hmm. like to take no for an answer. <laughs> I mean, I love that you say that you're a go-getter and when there's a will, there's a way. But have you ever felt discouraged or I guess, like I would imagine it would be really hard sometimes because you weren't born blind. So you remember what it was like to see. Have you ever dealt with that? And I guess, how do you get over it and see what you can do or like see the positives? Ooh, Good question. I would say I have dealt with that and still dealing with it. I would say the only thing that like really keeps me going and positive about all of this is my son. I mean, he's just like, as long as he's happy, that's what makes me happy. So I'm happy. So it's just like, he doesn't feel like I'm different. He don't treat me different. You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel any different. I feel perfect towards him. So it makes me feel that way. So I guess it's just the energy matching with it. But before he was here, yes, it was a big struggle. And 
not only that, I had to also deal with bullying. At my age, you would think that, oh, people wouldn't. Yes, people do it, even out in public. Sometimes we still hear it out in public and it's just like, whatever. But it doesn't discourage me. I just go about my business and keep my head up. I think that's so powerful that your son has such an impact on you. And I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have experienced discrimination in some way. And I guess the innocence of children and that they see people for who they are and not their differences. And I wish that was something that everybody could just hold on to their whole lives because that's so important. And not only that, it's like, you know, I'm also leading by example. It's just like, you know, I don't want him to always see me just because something's wrong with me. I have to sit here and walk around sad, depressed, like I can't go on with my life. I have to use everything as an excuse or whatever. No, I want him to realize no matter the struggle, whatever, there's always a way out. Life is what you make it, not what everyone else around you do. It's what you make out of it. Yeah, I think that's a really great example to set for him. Well, speaking of your son, can we jump into a little bit how you got the idea to create Teaching Your Baby in Braille and how that was born and then how it developed into what it is today? Oh, yeah. Okay. So while in school, teacher assigned us to create a book. And I was just like, a book? (laughs) What do you want us to create? And it was just like, it can be at least five pages, but you have to create a book and you know, da, 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 da. And I was just like, oh, man, I don't know what to make. And at the time I was pregnant and I was just like, hmm, let's create a book. So I created an alphabet book in Braille just for giggles. And he looked at it. He was like, this is really good. And then he's like, you should finish it. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you should finish it. So I finished all 26 letters and I made a front cover page of it. And he was just like, okay, that's really nice. And then so I was done with that assignment, left it alone. I would guess by the end of my in my senior year, when it was my last semester for me to graduate, um, the one teacher said, okay, you guys, this is the class. I'll give you, you guys have your own things that you can work on and master it. If you need help, tell me what it is, what you want. I showed him my, uh, my Braille book, my alphabet Braille book. And he was just like, I really do like this. Now let's see how far we can go with this. By the end of the class, I finished... I created four books. One of them was the alphabets. The other one were numbers. The other ones were shapes. And the other one were colors. And they were all colorful, bright. And they were um, labeled in Braille for blind parents to read to their sighted kids and vice versa. And I even created the books in different languages because it's like, I know not everyone just, you know, speaks English. So I created one in Creole and in another one in Spanish, and I'm trying to create more. So therefore they can be more verified. um, I I can't even say the word right. (laughs) But yeah, just for it to be worldwide for everyone. That's really amazing. I think that it's kind of crazy that something like that didn't already exist, but I think that is just such a great idea because like Aspen said earlier, reading was such a huge part of growing up for us and our connection with our parents. So I think that it's just really cool that you created an opportunity for parents to be able to connect with their kids that way. And also that your teachers were so encouraging of you and helped you develop that idea because I think that can just have such a huge impact on people to have mentors and teachers who believe in you 
you. Yes, I honestly do. And it was it was great. It's to the point that now as far as what I'm trying to do now, even trying to create a paint book in Braille is like um for the kids to paint because I, I on my spare time I do sippy cup and paint for the little uh-huh. ones and we go out to uh, like anywhere at a park near the beach or somewhere they sit down with their own little canvases and sip and paint and have fun and eat sandwiches while the parents mingle and stuff like that that's so cute yes so I do a lot around with the community. Not only that that I do, I also do presentations at preschools about blindness awareness. And they get to sit here and play around with my books. I teach them how to do little things in Braille that touch all the equipments that we I use on an everyday basis. Um, I let them walk around blindfolded with the cane as if they were blind and having to use their other senses of how to get around. That's so amazing because not only are you providing this resource for blind parents to connect with their seeing kids, but also to give seeing children the opportunity to, I guess, just grow in empathy and learn about what blindness is and also teaching them Braille as well. I feel like that's so valuable for them to learn that skill at an early age. Then they know how to communicate and how to connect with people who are blind. And I think that's just really inspiring that you're doing that. And I'm wondering if that is part of your mission with creating these books are you hoping that there's something that seeing children in a seeing family will also be able to read and yes. connect with? Yes, yes, most definitely. Because I I would honestly say that with my situation and me and my son, we fall in this quote unquote gray area when it comes to my disability. See, I'm legally blind. He's autistic. So our things is like, if I would want to teach him certain things, I need majority all infant toddler blind equipment but due to the fact because my son isn't blind i cannot get those equipments to teach him with so that's where the gray area falls in although i am the parent but when it comes to that part when you have others that's in the family who are in the gray area and i i fall in and i'm like okay look i can help you with this i can fit in that gray area to make you be like okay i can help you the parents to learn how to read braille i can help the children's how to you know do that and vice versa which will have the whole family learning how to communicate with each other because you know they a lot of parents like their kids to be bilingual Mm -hmm. so to me that's just like another extra language in their pocket this is going back just a little bit but i was curious did you have to learn how to read braille and was that hard for you I had to learn how to read in three months. Wow. <laughs> yes, I had to learn how to read in three months. But I actually went to another school to actually advance in learning it. And it was hard. I'm not going to lie. But the thing about it is like, to me, it's almost like playing a game. Because I, like I said, used to be excited. So I'm like a big fan of Tetris. So to me, it's just like playing Tetris. <laughs> Touching by playing Tetris. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I love that outlook. And then I was also going to ask you, because you said that you were pregnant at the time that you started writing these books. Was it scary for you, the thought of having a seeing child? And were you afraid that you weren't going to be able to teach him in the way that you would want to? Or were you more afraid of him going through the disease that you were going through? I guess we Where was your mindset at when you found out that you were pregnant? My mindset was, is he going to have the same eye eye disease as me? Mm -hmm. Running all types of tests while I was pregnant, doing everything to figure out if he was. That was my main thing. 
And by the time when we got close to the end of the pregnancy, when I realized that they didn't have answers for me. And when he was born, they checked his eyes, checked his earring. Everything was fine. I'm like, okay. And then they were just like, well, to be honest with you, we won't know anything until he's until he's an adult. And so I was just like, that really hurt me because I know how I felt at that exact moment and how my whole life just changed because I'm like, you're still young. You're like in your young 20s. And for you to fit all of a sudden, your eyes just go left. And you're like, why is my eyes not agreeing with me right now? It's not like nothing's in it. It's just like, I can't really see. And when you have your whole future, you plan your whole future ahead of you. And it's just like, boom, life happens. So that's where I'm at with him. So I'm like, for me to prepare him for about things like that, even with life itself, you know, things happen. Have to prepare you even to be like, oh my goodness, I lost my toy. It's okay. Life happens. Things like this happens. It's a material thing. You can replace it. You're still here. You're healthy. And then, you know, and just try to find a positive outlook on all bad situations. For sure. And I think that is really awesome that you're already preparing him for whatever happens in life. And if he ends up having the eye disease that you had, it will hopefully not be as difficult as it was for you because he's grown up with you preparing him for that and teaching him Braille and also just teaching him that outlook on life to be positive and be prepared for whatever happens. And kind of going back a little bit to when you were creating the books, I'm curious what was the process of designing a book in Braille? Like how did you go about creating that? Oh, okay. Ooh. Um, first I created it digitally. And the next part of it was finding a company to print it. I found a company that printed the book, but not exactly the way I needed it because I needed it to be embossed. So therefore you can feel the braille. But I had a company, they just like, well, we can print it flat for you, but we can't do the embossed. I was like, well, I'll just take the flat for now and see if I can use some kind of like puff paint or whatever to help, you know, use it to create the dots. And that's exactly what I did. Th those are the books that I use as my, I call them my prototypes that I use for the kids so they can go ahead and try and play with them out. But right now I'm, I have a GoFundMe page that I'm trying to raise money because I did find an actual printing company and they can print the books exactly the way I need them. I believe after my children's book and the paint book, my next goal is to actually open a daycare center. It'll be meant, mostly meant for special needs kids, but at the same time, everybody, because I want them to, you know, be diversatile. I want them to be with everyone. I want everyone to be with everyone. But um, a daycare center where the kids can have speech therapy, occupational therapy, um, where they will also be learning how to read and write in Braille by the time they get to a grade school. So they'll be already prepared, especially in Florida. We don't have that. So by the time when the kids are in grade school, that's when they actually start to learn how to read and write in Braille. And that's to me, I was like, that's, that's not fair. That's, that's them. They're being delayed. I don't think it's fair. So I was just like, why not have open a school like that for them? I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And do you think that your disability has prepared you more so than if you didn't have it to raise a son with autism 
no, 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 no. Um, it didn't prepare me. Dealing with his is a challenge because it interferes with mine. It's like mm-hmm. a big clash because I have to keep a close eye on him. Mm-hmm. There are certain things and behaviors or in things that he would do that's just like, okay, no, no, no. You know, you got to hold him down if he acts up. From the banging of the head, from the yelling, from the running away. Oh, <laughs> so it's just like, you know, things like that. I literally have to keep a close eye on him. It's really challenging. But I would say that due to the fact, because I do go to like different groups and counseling classes for autistic kids. And I actually go ahead to educate myself makes it way better and understandable. I think that there's really a lack of understanding just in society about people with disabilities. And you were talking about earlier that you do these community projects with kids and you go into schools and teach them Braille and things like that. And I'm curious what you wish slash hope that society in general could understand about people with disabilities and what it's like to have a disability and also just them seeing you for you and not for your disability. I want uh, well adults to see us like within the kids' eyes, like when they see me, when they see me, it's like an, wow, you know, like, you're so awesome. You're so cool. Like, that's how they look at me. I'm like this magical princess or something. When they look at me or when I'm done talking and entertaining them after they learn so much about me, and it's just like a million one questions because they just want to know more. And I I like that. And I prefer (coughs) people to sit there and ask questions when they see us instead of staring or talking underneath their breath more so to just to be kind we're human we're all the same just be kind we may all look different just like dogs cats We're, we're all different species i'm like just be kind just be kind that's all we ask just be kind It would be nice if all adults could just be a little more like kids. (laughs) It's like when they grow up or after being traumatized from adolescent or whatever, they just forget their childhood completely. It's just like, no, (laughs) just think about it and just remember, be kind and be happy. At one point in your life or your childhood, you were always happy. Yeah, that is very important. Well, we have two questions that we like to ask all of our guests at the end. But before we get to those, did you have anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners? Um, They can follow me on all my platforms, Teaching Your Baby in Braille. And um, my word of the day that I would like to leave out for the guests is walk by faith and not by sight. I love love that. That That was our next question was going to be if you have a favorite inspirational quote, but I'm guessing that's yours. That is mine. Walk by faith and not by sight. The only thing that can hold you back is you. And that's the fear in yourself. Don't let yourself hold you back from anything. Keep pushing on with your dreams. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Just for fun. The last question that we like to ask all of our guests is, if you could have an identical twin, do you think that you would want one? I already have one. He's sitting next to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I have one. Oh, man. That is my twin. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so funny because our last guest said the same thing. One of them, it was a couple, and one of them was like, yeah, I just 
always yeah. am thinking that my kids are the same person as me and I have to remember that they're not. Oh, man. No, I say that, but sometimes I'm like, nope, he's mine. That's all me. Yep. Oh, man. What kind of kid was I? My parents always say that our kids are going to do all the things we did, but 10 times worse. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. That's what I heard. But um, I beg to differ. I don't think so because I'm like, he's not compared to what my mom said. I was like, no, he's completely different. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It was so great meeting you. And Ooh. Ollie, it was great meeting you too. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>